We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Wednesday to IB Nation. Welcome, everybody, to the next edition of the latest edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We're going to have a twofer for y'all today. Obviously, the original plan was to talk about the Notre Dame stacking up matchup between the Fighting Irish and Navy. There's some very, very intriguing matchups in this in this game that I'm very much looking forward to discussing today, Ryan. That, of course, is Ryan Roberts, our recruiting analyst at Irish Breakdown. I'm Brian Driscoll. And then, of course, we got word this morning that uh, Carson Hobbs is going to commit. The original plan after Saturday was he was going to decommit from South Carolina and then probably take a couple weeks to just kind of chill and everything and then make his decision to come to Notre Dame. But he decided he wanted to get it over with now. And so Notre Dame has added the seventh member to its 2024 top-ranked class, and that is Carson Hobbs, a six-foot-one 180-pound cornerback out of Moeller High School in Cincinnati. Notre Dame is, has really not done a lot in Cincinnati in, in, in for years, Ryan, outside of some linemen. But now this is two years in a row that, well, two out of three years, because technically you're within a year span, but it's class-wise, it's 22 and 24. Uh, Notre Dame has been able to get three kids out of the state in sort of year after year after year. You had obviously the late flip of Jabron Payne, in the 2022 class. And of course, Ben Minich committed to Notre Dame in the 2023 class and now Carson Hobbs. So concerted effort by a staff who's head coach and starting linebacker or or kind of basically linebackers coach and cornerbacks coach and several others are Ohio natives. It's very important for Notre Dame to to do well in Ohio, especially the city of Cincinnati, Ryan. So on top of that, got a pretty good football player. Carson Hobbs obviously committed Notre Dame. This has been an interesting recruitment, Ryan, because this is a kid that, was a South Carolina commit that really jumped on Notre Dame's radar over the summer, and things kind of went pretty quickly from there. Yeah, it was a really interesting one to watch, Brian. I mean, because, you know, you anytime that Notre Dame is about to offer or does offer a player that is committed to another school, you know, your immediate re- – and it's for any school – is how open are they to other schools? Are they done with the recruiting process? Because we're talking about a 2024 kid who – Again, you know, there's a lot of time until his signing day, right? So, like, you want to see what the 
situation is. And we've had the opportunity to talk to Carson, obviously, on the site a few times since he's been offered and originally visited Notre Dame. And kind of the situation was that at the time it was South Carolina, made a lot of sense for him and his family. Liked, you know, obviously what the Gamecock program was doing with uh, Coach Beamer over there, but he was always open to the process. You know, like he had consistently said that every single time, yes, I'm committed to South Carolina. They're going to have a big opportunity with me, but I'm going to let this play out. And there's other schools now that are obviously coming after him at that point. And Notre Dame, of course, being one of them, that presents a really awesome opportunity for him. So after this past weekend, we, you know, what we were hearing over the weekend, we kind of expected it kind of going into the weekend that if things went really well, this one probably could escalate very quickly. And like you said, he decommits shortly after the visit. I checked in with him, you know, right after he decommitted just to see if he was doing okay. Cause I know that could be a tough decision for a lot mm-hmm. of kids sometimes, you know, but he was just like, Oh man, I'm great. <laughs> I'm good. I'm like, oh, well, I know what that means, sir. Thank you for letting me know. So obviously got the word. It's a really interesting pickup, a big opportunity for Notre Dame to get into the state of Ohio. Like you said, you know, you're, Ohio State is the Midwest power, right? And Ohio obviously produces a lot of good football players. So going into the state and getting a kid that you obviously like, that was an SEC caliber player, you know, just a couple days ago, right? So big opportunity for Notre Dame, good football player, obviously in Carson Hobbs. And I think the fit makes a lot of sense from all standpoints. And Notre Dame's able to really kind of close the door this past weekend and really, you know, just – iron this one out and make it happen. So big, big time gift for Notre Dame for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's talk about kind of how they got here, Ryan. I, th- <clears throat> I think this is an interesting interesting pickup because what's the first thing that a lot of people are going to say? What's a three-star kid? Like two people have him ranked. Yeah, I'll just quickly remind you that uh, Benjamin Morrison was around that same range when Notre Dame first started getting involved with him. He eventually became a consensus four-star recruit, never got the respecting, r- recruiting ranking that he deserved. And we've seen how he's, he's played out. I think Carson Hobbs is a kid that Ryan and I will dive into his game here a little bit and we'll talk about what we like about him as a player and – how he fits into their Notre Dame defense. But I want to say this. Number one, I don't care about rankings. Number two, I think this is a kid that fits what Notre Dame is looking for in a lot of different ways. And number three, if there is one stat, one coach on this staff that from a recruiting evaluation and development standpoint, not just at Notre Dame, but over the course of his career has earned the right, there's two, has earned the right to get the benefit of the doubt 
there's two guys in the staff to me that when they offer a kid, my go-to reaction is to trust it. And now, of course, we're going to give honest assessment of kids and players and things like that. But that's Harry Heastand on offense and Mike Mickens on defense. And this doesn't just talk about Notre Dame. We're talking about going back to Nick Johnson at Bowling Green, who was a, a first, a second-team All-Mac kid as a true freshman. We're talking about Sauce Gardner. We're talking about Kobe Bryant. And, of course, mm-hmm. what he's done at Notre Dame – he took a position group that was a major concern depth and talent wise when he got here. And now you can make a case that moving forward by the time the 22 and 23 classes are both on campus could be the biggest strength on the football team. When you yep. look at the 21, 22, 23 classes in a row. So that's the first thing is, is, is I would, I would say that he's going to des- get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for me of guys who have had some level of long-term success. People talk about Dylan McCullough. I'm talking about guys that have been at Notre Dame more than a year. Now mm-hmm. Coach Mick has been here three years. We need to see what Coach McCullough can do over time at Notre Dame. He's obviously had success at other places. But we've seen Coach Mickens do that here right. multiple times, and that's kind of the thing where uh, you, you have to say, look, this guy has more than earned a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for him to go after a kid this early. Yep. I mean, it's said perfectly, Brian. I mean, just think about who are Notre Dame's two best outside corners right now, right? Like you have a kid that was a wide receiver to start his Notre Dame career. You have another kid who was a really underrated recruit and who's coming in. And I mean, Benjamin Morrison has a very good opportunity this year to be a freshman All-American. Like he's played to that he better level be. of football. He better be. Well, well, some people that don't, aren't super impressed, Brian, by our conversations in the past, <laughs> conversation for another day the point is though is that he has evaluated and identified talent that was not viewed at a certain level by some recruiting outlets right he's done that job and I mean Tariq Brace he was even a kid and obviously I'm not talking about recruiting side here but I'm talking about development side right and that identifying talent Tariq Bracey was a very a, a kid that lacked confidence a couple years ago right and he has now transformed him into one of the best nickelbacks in all of college football as well so identifying and developing talent Mike Mickens has proven that he deserves that level of respect he deserves that level of leeway to hey even if maybe you aren't the biggest fan of a recruits even that he brings in I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what they look like on on campus right like he has earned that right and I think that you got a really toolsy kid, obviously, with Carson Hobbs right now, right? And I, I think as long as we trust that Mike Miggins is the teacher that he has shown to be and the developer that he has shown to be, you have to feel really good about this one because Carson Hobbs has a lot of tools to work with, that's for sure. Let's talk about sort of how we got here too, Ryan. I think obviously the the need and the class is interesting, and I think this – the, the fact that they took him this early says a lot, and, and I'll say that about for, for a couple reasons. Number one is there wasn't a need to rush into getting a cornerback in this class. There was no – there was no. I mean, you've got three kids in the 2021 class, and, and I'll tell you something right now. Like, I know they're not playing a lot, but I know the staff is very high on Chance Tucker. They're very high on Ryan Barnes. You know, Philip Riley brings some tools to the table. He's not quite on the same level as the other two kids. And the only reason they're not playing is because of just how good Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey are. And all those kids have multiple years of eligibility. And then, of course, their name goes out. And as much as I love the 2022 corners, you could make a case that the ceiling for the 23 corners as a group is even higher. And that is obviously Christian Gray and Michael Bell. So you've got two classes in a row that are outstanding. You've got some kids in the 2021 class that have tools that, that bring something to the table. So Notre Dame entered this recruiting cycle, Ryan, 
really in a place where they could be patient if they wanted to. And so, and there's, if as we'll go over the list of guys, when we kind of do a what's next, after we talk about uh, the film of Carson Hobbs, there's some impressive kids on the board that like Notre Dame. And I think right now Notre Dame is sort of shooting for two outside guys in a slot corner in this class. That's the, that's the goal. And we'll kind of talk about who those top targets are. So for them to take Carson Hobbs this early says a lot about what they think of this kid, that he's not just some, well, we'll see how he pans out. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he ends up being an okay kid. Right or wrong, the staff views this as a really good football player that they couldn't afford to wait for other bigger schools to get involved with him. And they've done a good, a pretty good job of that since Marcus Freeman has kind of become the head coach of finding some of these kids, like getting on Ben uh, Don Schuler before Georgia and Ohio State and, and Alabama. All those schools eventually offered to Don Schuler. When they got on him early, he wasn't a very highly ranked kid. He wasn't a kid that people were in love with. We, we even looked at some, like, you know, there's some things alike, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see how he does as a junior. And then as a junior, he breaks out and does really well. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of kids like that. Ben Minich, we kind of were like, ah, you know, let's see how the senior year goes. And then you watch a senior film. You're like, Boy, I'm glad they got on this kid before everybody else saw his senior film. Right. Yep. There's been a lot of kids like that at Notre Dame that they've, they've been, you know, they've kind of been able to get on a little bit before other people, which has helped them to land some of these kids. And so uh, this is another kid like that, Ryan, where they really like him. They like his tools. They like what he brings to the table. And this isn't a depth piece for them. This isn't a this is a kid that they really like and really think can add value to the to the cornerback room uh, for Notre Dame moving forward. And they also feel he's just starting to scratch the surface of the kind of player he's going to be. Yeah, I I, I think his best football is definitely ahead of him. I, one excitement thing exciting thing for me, Brian, is it wasn't too long ago where the depth at cornerback at Notre Dame was not something that you really wanted, right? Like it just was not a great situation. You always had one to two good cornerbacks. Like even think back to like Detroit Pride, Julian Love tandem, right? But the minute those types of guys would get injured or, you know, would be, you know, some type of durability stuff, then you're like, oh, well, who's the next option up, right? Like going into next season, I mean, you have guys like Christian Gray and Michael Bell coming in that are just going to fight to try to be the – fourth corner on this team, you know, third or fourth corner. Like that's how deep this cornerback group has gotten. And I think that for me, you're betting on tools with a kid like Carson Hobbs, right? Like you see all the tools there for him to develop into a really good outside corner. I mean, he's got the length six foot, six foot one. He's got the, the ball skills and he's got the all around athleticism that you need to be a successful player. But I think the really fun thing is that, Bishop Moeller asked him to do a lot of things on the offensive side of the football too, right? Mm -hmm. And that wide receiver background, it's hard to not think a little bit of Cam Hart, right? Because you look at him and you're like, you know, what best part of Carson Hobbs' game, in my opinion, is his ability when he's in phase and he's in kind of the right body position is he attacks the football in the air and he's got really good ball skills for a kid that is is his length. So uh, as a potential boundary corner or maybe to the field, I don't know, we'll see kind of how it shakes out. Kids got a lot of things that you want at the cornerback position and stuff that already Coach Mickens has shown that if he has those types of tools to work with, he has turned some talented football players into good cornerbacks so far in his Notre Dame career. Ryan, let's dive in a little bit to the film here. 
I want to pull this up and I want us to be able to talk about Carson Hobbs. And so we're going to, we're going to pull this up and we're just going to kind of let it play. We, you know, us, we'll, we're going to say, we're just going to let it play, but you know, there's a chance we may rewind a couple things and, and we're just going to talk about just sort of what we really like about his game, what we see about his game more so than what, I mean, obviously we kind of shared a little bit what we think Notre Dame likes about him. Some of that stuff we also like. And so we're going to pop in his film now. And, and the first thing, Ryan, right here, you'll see Carson Hobbs. He plays a lot of right corner for them, but in certain games against some of the better teams, like St. X, for example, he played on both sides. So they will they will match up with him. And the first thing that stands out, Ryan, is his size. He's listed as 6'1", 180. You know, we'll see if he's either one of those, but he's definitely long. He's definitely mm-hmm. a long kid. He's also, I'd say, tall is fine. But his arms are extremely long, Very long, and he uses them well. I mean, he he's talking about when he's standing there, his arms are like middle of his thighs when he's just standing there. That's really good length. And he knows how to use it to a degree already. He's he's really good at, at with press coverage, you'll see. He doesn't, over, he doesn't have to overextend to get a good jam. He uses his hands well in coverage. He's at the top of the screen again here. He knows how to – and, of course, it really helps him with his ball skills. He's able to reach across. The, the thing about a long corner, the, the, the one of the underrated parts of being long, people think about you know throwing around him, throwing over him. But a longer guy doesn't have to be body on a body to get his arm around a guy either. That's right. the other thing where you don't need to invite as much contact to get around a guy to get your hand on the football. And Carson Hobbs certainly brings a lot of that to the table, Ryan. And not only does he bring the man possibilities playing impressed that we've seen in a couple of these clips, Brian, we also see some really nice stuff in zone with some instinctual awareness, some zone awareness. I mean, there was this, I think the second play of this highlight tape is him playing cover two and passing off a deep route, coming up and making a clean shot on a, on a flat route, which is really nice to see. And then the very next play he's working cover three and he's covering up a corner route and making a big play on the football. So again, the biggest things that I love about this kid are, you, you mentioned the length, right? Like your length is always a plus at cornerback position, but the ball skills he has because he plays wide receiver as well. And he's got that easy ball ability to attack the football in the air and the instincts that this kid has, despite being a guy that, I mean, playing both sides of the ball, there's an attention to detail that is going to be greater, obviously, when he goes to college and he's just focusing on cornerback all the time. But the natural instincts, I think that this kid has as well, just ability to just in space and in play multiple coverages. I think it's really nice stuff to work with. And there's, I mean, you're like you said before, the long term for Carson Hobbs is going to wait much outweigh the, the short term. I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot that this kid can improve on, but Brian, I mean, you, you talked about instincts and reading. This is, this is a perfect example yes. of this right here. He's in zone coverage. He reads the quarterback perfectly and just jumps that rope. That's a this is against San Ignatius. That's a really smart football play. But of course, yep. you have to have the athleticism and length to get to the ball too, which he does. Absolutely. Yep. And he's and I think he's got really good short area explosiveness, mm-hmm. getting in and out of in, in and out of his pedal and doing really all that smooth, stuff. Ryan. That's the thing I yes. like about him. He's got he's really clean athletically. You know, he he's okay. not he doesn't look overly sudden, but he is because of how smooth he is you know his feet are really clean his transitions are really clean at times he'll get a little tight just from you know his feet will kind of get away from him a little bit but when his when he keeps a nice base and keeps his feet you know kind of underneath his his armpits and kind of keeps that narrow base his transitions are really smooth and fluid Ryan and I think that's something Mm -hmm. that number one allows him to be really good in press coverage but that's also what allows him to make plays like we just showed a minute ago where he can just quickly change and just like smoothly kind of go right into a direction where a lot of guys may need to bend it. He can kind of do it cleanly and real sharply. And I think that's something that 
that certainly helps him as well. And and it's one of the traits, Ryan, too, that that and his, his size are things where Notre Dame likes him as a corner. In my conversations with, with folks uh, you know, that, that, that are in the know, sources that we have around the program, I've never heard anything but cornerback listed with, with him. Okay, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I'm very clear about that when I make my next statement. They like Carson Hobbs as a corner. That's it. That's what they're recruiting him at. However, you look at a kid like this and you say, if for some reason he can't crack the depth chart at corner, let's just say for whatever reason, with that size and that really easy change of direction, I mean, can you imagine a kid with that kind of feet and hips getting working off of the hash in cover two into the boundary or working in the deep middle? Uh, yep. He can play safety if it's about getting your best 11 on the field. This is one of those kids that could say, hey, look, he could move over and play that degree. He's a willing hitter. He's going to have to be a lot stronger. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's just a junior high school, but he's a willing hitter. But that's the thing, too, is even though he's not being recruited to be a versatile player, he is a versatile player. I agree. And that's something that I like about this kid's film as well. Well, I mean, that's one thing I already mentioned, right, Brian, is the zone awareness. I right. mean, if you're talking about maybe potentially moving inside at the next level, like you, there's easy instincts to kind of point to and say, like, he can do that. And then all, obviously he has – the experience in corner playing a lot of man. So, I mean, he could even be a, a little bit of a weapon in a secondary, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe you bring him down and rotate him down. He's playing some man coverage, playing some short zone, doing some robber stuff. Like there's a lot of possibilities with this type of kid. I think that this is where, where the game is trying to go from a modern perspective, right? Like you want guys at the cornerback position. And we've talked about this before that potentially can move around the secondary, right? A guy that can place man in the slot, can play man outside, can work in different zone concepts. I mean, you see it all around the NFL right now, and I think that that is trickling down to college where guys that can match up outside and in against different type of body types, like that's how you eliminate mismatches for the offense. And I think that this is that type of kid that outside corner, sure, but also the ability to work in the slot a little Mm -hmm. bit potentially, to work – you know, coming from depth as a, as a safety, working downhill. There's a lot of possibilities, I think, for Carson Hobbs because he has all the skill set that you say that could be a little bit of a move piece for me in the secondary. Do you, do you know what else those safety skills really work out with really well in the Notre Dame defense? The field corner position. And that's yep. why Notre Dame likes him a corner is all the range, the change of direction, the fluidity, the driving downhill, the opening up on mm-hmm. routes, the being able to cover a lot of – a lot of space. That's also very much how they ask their field corner to play. Yep. And, you know, we see it with Cam Hart. All right. Like with Benjamin Morrison, it's like, go up and press and lock that dude down. All right. That's who, that's who Benjamin Morrison is. But with this kid, it's a little bit of a different deal, Ryan. It, it's, you know, he's a, he's a lot more like Cam Hart who I like in the boundary, but I'm just referring to the way that Notre Dame uses Cam Hart. Right. It's, Here's, here's why they do it. It's not that Cam can't play there. It's just he's so rangy and athletic and able, is able to cover so much ground that you're just like, boy, that's just really important, again, in today's era to have that kind of player. So it's almost like you want those big safety-type players not just to have you know, you know those safety-sized corners, not just to have them play corner. Or safe mm-hmm. to be able to move to safety, but it's also Ryan to where you say, "Hey, look, we're going to get three corners on the field." It's also to say that some more and more teams are looking to add that kind of body to the cornerback position. You know, especially teams that are going to play a lot of zone to the field, and well, that's just one of those things that again that he brings he brings to the table. Well, think about this, Brian. We've talked about this also before. 
when Coach Freeman was at Cincinnati, when Mike Mickens was at Cincinnati, you mentioned a couple guys early already, right? You talk about a Mod Sars Gardner. You talk about Kobe Bryant. They're both longer corners, right? And mm-hmm. that what that gave them possibility was to move around a little bit. I mean, even think about Brian Cook that they had in that secondary as well. Brian Cook started well, the, out the as Nick, the Nick Johnson kid that I was talking about, a Bowling Green Ryan. He was six two two. He was six two one eighty. Yeah. He, again, he was first team All Conference kid with under Mike Mickens as a, as a true yep. freshman. Yep. And you and you think about James Wiggins that was at Cincinnati as well. Like both those safeties, Cook and Wiggins. We're former corners that transitioned to safety later on in their career. So, I mean, when you look at all those kids, they have the ability to move around and match up to different type of body types, different types of skill sets. That's what I think Marcus Freeman and Coach Mickens want to have in the back end because that gives you so much more versatility to create mismatches for yourself, which takes a lot of takes a lot of the 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 um, the honest off of other players to kind of just be a specific role, right? Like you can do a multitude of things. You don't have to be, you don't have to make up for, for, for lack of talent in other spots. Like you can kind of just trust your, your responsibility and your defense. Right. So I think that's why you want these types of versatile players, because it makes everything easier in front of you to be a little more creative and be a little more specific to what you're asking front seven to do. Let's talk about a little bit about what's next before we move on to our Navy talk conversation. Obviously, this is one of three corners. I, two minimum two is is they're they're okay. We're good. We we met a minimum need. What they'd like to do in this class, however, is get three. They'd like to get two guys that kind of project as outside guys, and another guy that projects as the slot. A guy that can also play the slot. I don't think they want anyone that's only a slot or only. I mean, they they want that versatility, but a guy that can definitely play the slot. And right now, Ryan, there's really five. There's really seven guys on the board. Five we're going to focus on today because two of them are just long shots. There's a kid from California that's committed to USC that's that talks Notre Dame, but he's not coming to Notre Dame. And then there's a kid from Alabama that they're still talking to that, again, very, very highly unlikely. There's five guys right now that I think are going to be the focus of those positions. And the first guy to talk about is a name that Notre Dame fans are very, very, very familiar with, and that's Eli Bowen. Who is a five foot nine, hundred and seventy pound cornerback from Denton Geyer High School? He's the younger brother of Peyton Bowen. But I've had so many conversations with people at Notre Dame, and I'll ask about Eli and Peyton, and they're always like quick to be like, "Don't put them together." I'm like, well, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Yes, they're brothers, but we really like Eli." You know what I mean? And and at one point, time I asked a source, I said, "Well, if 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 Peyton did flip, would you still recruit Eli?" And they're like, "Absolutely. Like we we genuinely like Eli." Right. And they view him as sort of that inside-out guy. Yes, he could play outside in certain looks, but they love his potential as a corner and and as we as a slot corner. And as we've seen with Tariq Bracey, that yeah. slot corner plays a ton, and he's a very important player. And you talked about the modern offense, Ryan. That's the one thing that Al Golden has brought to Notre Dame is that situational. I mean, Marcus Freeman did it, but we're seeing it up to even more now. Is the is the ability to use sort of a the the situational football from a personnel standpoint where Tariq Bracey's the nickel, but he plays a ton and he plays a very important role. They view Eli Bowen as being, I mean, think of Tariq Bracey, a, a stronger version of Tariq Bracey and you've yeah. got Eli Bowen, a more natural defensive type of player as well. Tariq Bracey was more of a really athletic kid. who was a great running back kick returner and had to learn corner. That's what they see Eli Bowen as being. So he is absolutely a priority recruit. Now, Eli, does he, is Eli going to end up in their name? 
It's a big question mark because the family's not pushing him towards Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is not trying to is there's not is from what I'm told they're not really pushing the package deal thing. They're trying to as best they can recruit Eli as Eli from what I'm told. Mm-hmm. And you know he's not in, he's not close to making a decision either, Ryan. So, but that's a kid that that. Let's put it like this: We expect Peyton Bowen to decide to sign in December. Mm-hmm. Once that has happened, do not expect Notre Dame to all of a sudden say, "Well, we got the guy we wanted. Let's back off Eli now." Expect them to right. continue pushing that, and in some ways, ramp it up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I think now it's like, "Hey, Peyton's here. Don't worry about Peyton now. Let's focus on you." Yeah. So that's obviously a kid that's a very much a top of the priority kid for Notre Dame in that class. And I, I think that that will be very important for them when you get to that point, right? After Peyton does sign with Notre Dame in this, you know, this hypothetical that you can put all your attention on Eli. Cause right now, I mean, what does it look like, Brian? I mean, not that, you know, this is Notre Dame's vantage point, but it's like, you know, it's a little hard to individualize them sometimes because you are in the same household. You play for the same high school team. And you want to make sure that Eli knows that moving forward, especially that he is a priority. Because I think it's an important thing to say is that if there was no Peyton Bowen, Notre Dame would still have a lot of interest in Eli, right? Like if they weren't brothers, if Peyton didn't exist, like in that hypothetical, Eli or Bowen would Peyton still would have be... gone somewhere else. Exactly. exactly. I mean, Eli Bowen is still a priority recruit for Notre Dame. There's 100%. No and he's and he's a kid that you know five nine, one hundred and seventy something pounds. I mean, he's ta- he's grown a little bit this this season, which has been nice to see. You know, he looks closer to five ten ish at this point, and he's gotten a little thicker, which has been great to see. But the thing that you love about Eli Brian is that his instincts are as good as anybody that we're going to talk about today. Yes, yes, he's a, he's really good football player, man. Just great instincts instincts to him. One thing I was going to say, Ryan, about Eli is he's not a top 100 kid right now in the rankings. I'd probably have him there. I haven't done my rankings yet, so I can't say for sure. But here's the thing is the only thing that keeps him from being a top 50 kid, just like Peyton, is his size. That's it. He's actually a more instinctive defensive player at the same age than Peyton was. Because yes. with Peyton, when we talked about Peyton last year, we said Peyton is just an elite athlete. I mean, Freak. great yeah. two-way player, had natural skills on defense, but what, what had not yet really mastered defense yet. Eli, mm-hmm. even as a sophomore last year in 2021, was their best defensive back from a production and just a understanding of the defense kind of kid. He was like a 10 interceptions last yes. year. That's in a defense with, with not only Peyton, but Ryan Yates who I mm-hmm. believe is still committed to LSU, correct? I believe. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, you look, you're talking about a kid that the only thing keeping him from being a top 50 recruit, in my opinion, right, is about two inches of height. That is it. And mm-hmm. honestly, as we've learned with Tariq Bracey, I don't really care about that. If you're sticky in coverage as a nickel, the height doesn't affect you as much because he'll have his brother behind him, you know, and the Don Schuler and other guys behind him helping to protect against any of the routes that may impact the kid of that size. But you know, he's a he's a tremendous – he's one of the best football players on the board. Now, there are some things about him as a prospect that don't have him ranked as high, like the height. I mean, he is only 5'9". I mean, we can't just ignore that. Mm-hmm. But but you're willing to accept that because everything else about him is is tremendous. You know, he's he's borderline elite in almost every category except I'd say probably pure speed and height. I'd say those mm-hmm. are the two that would – athletically, elite. Instincts elite, technique elite, production beyond elite. Yes. You know, it's just those two things that drag him down a little bit. 
And one thing that we loved about Peyton and that we still do love about Peyton is that Peyton is such a good athlete that you could say, Peyton, go out a wide receiver because we've seen it, mm-hmm. right? And he's a dynamic wide receiver. Eli is also a good wide receiver. Yes. He is. And I think those ball skills get shown off. I think those instincts are shown off all the time. And he is kind of that inside-out player. I mean, like you even mentioned Tariq Bracey, who, you know, he's a starting nickel, but one of his biggest plays of the year was against BYU where he's playing well, he's, outside. Yeah, he, as he started as an outside guy in a base defense, a, a exactly. three personnel defense. Yes, you're correct. I, I think that Peyton is the perfect player, Brian, as the game continues to evolve where, hey, let's say we have a two-wide receiver set where we have our quicker, faster guy outside. We have our big slot on the inside. Hey, Peyton, you're you're a slot normally, dude, but go out and cover you mean Eli. I mean Eli. I'm sorry, yeah. Eli. Go outside and cover Wes Welker instead of covering you know the big slot inside. Like that's the type of player he is, man. He has that inside outside ability. He's really, I mean, just his spatial awareness is fantastic. Like this is a cover two, cover three corner waiting to happen if he lasts outside. But on, I mean. Again, at worst, I think this is a high-quality slot defender, like high-quality. He's got that type of massive upside. Another guy that I view as sort of a slot guy right now that's also on the board is Emilio Agard, who is a 5'10"-ish, 160-pound kid from Philadelphia. Very good prospect as well. Uh, A guy that Notre Dame has had on campus. Uh, He, I believe he visited this season, correct? He did. He's another kid that's on Notre Dame's board. I would say that they're a little bit further behind him then they are obviously with Eli, but he's a kid that's on the board as well. Yeah, he's another talented player. I mean, in a similar vein to Eli, he is a really good instinctual player. And the thing I love about Emilio is Emilio is a really cat-quick cat athlete, excuse me, that changes direction. He can match up against really, really athletic and, and um, quick slot receivers. He can also work outside, and he has the stickiness to stay in good position. Like you said before, though, Brian, the, the one stickler to him, again, is the size. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but another kid that can work inside and out and has really nice coverage skills. Like, all around, this kid can play zone. He can play some off-man. He clicks and close with a tremendous ease, and he stays in the hip pocket of receivers, man. At the end of the day, he's a really good man coverage player who has that inside-outside versatility as well. So, you know, I know Notre Dame's going to keep keep recruiting him because he's again he fits that mold of what they're looking like as that inside outside guy, and he's certainly talented to say the least. If you could dream up a, if you could sort of have the not dream up, but if you could have sort of the dream class for Notre Dame of who they want, I believe, and and who I like the combination of of uncommitted players right now. I think that trio would be obviously Carson Hobbs, who they already have in the class. It'd be Eli Bowen, and it would be the next kid we're going to talk about. And that's mm-hmm. Aaron Scott, another Ohio kid. Notre yeah. Dame staff likes Aaron Scott a ton from what I'm told. Six foot one, 160, 170-pound kid from Springfield, Ohio, former pl- place I used to live. Obviously, I lived in Springfield when I was uh, coaching at Wittenberg. So very familiar with that area, very familiar with that high school. Very talented kid, very athletic kid. Going to be hard to get out of the state of Ohio, but mm-hmm. he likes Notre Dame. He's been to Notre Dame, I believe, at least, I believe twice in the last year, I believe he's been on multiple visits to Notre Dame. So they're at least in the game. And I think what happens now with a kid like Aaron Scott, for example, is now that Carson Hobbs is in the class, that allows Mike Mickens to start spending a lot more, and Chad Bowden to start spending a lot more time on sort of that next group of kids. And it's going to be Aaron Scott. We'll talk about a couple other kids here in a minute, but allows them to, Notre Dame is going to be with, with 
Carson Hobbs in the class, Ryan, Notre Dame can really narrow their board on the kids that they like and want and think they have a legitimate shot at and say, hey, let's go after them. Like I said, it's always going to be hard to get a kid out of Ohio that Ohio State wants, and they do want Aaron Scott. But Notre Dame is in the game here, and that's this is a kid that Notre Dame is going to be able to kind of start focusing a lot more attention on as they move forward. And let's be honest, Notre Dame's corners right now are better than Ohio State's corners and have been for a couple of years. So that's something that they can sell. And their corners coach and head coach are Ohio guys. That's not hurting them. Trust me, whether that's going to result in them getting kids, we'll find out, Mm -hmm. right? As far as getting kids, they're getting kids out of Ohio. But beating Ohio State for kids out of Ohio, that remains to be seen. But it is certainly making these kids a little bit more receptive to the pitch. And that's all you can ask for at this point in time. And I think that for me, Aaron Scott has a lot of alpha upside, Brian. Like he's a kid that, I mean, that's the true boundary corner, right? Like he can run. He's long. He's explosive. Everything's there. It's just about him. About him. It's just a natural maturation that's going to happen, right? Like he's 170 pounds soaking wet right now. He needs to get bigger. He needs to get stronger. All those things will happen and all those things, you know, will figure itself out as only a junior in high school. So everything is there for Aaron Scott to be that true, you know, we'll we use the word shutdown corner as tentatively as possible, right? There's no true shutdown corner, but a kid that can follow any body type into the boundary, that's this type of kid. That's this type of kid that can be physical, that can be that alpha. He has great instincts as well, but the thing that really gets you excited is that he is that man coverage corner at the next yeah. level. He's got that length, size, athleticism. It's all there. He is that all-around kid that when you say, you know, how good can he be? And it's just really like, you know, what's the development look like? Is he getting, is he continuing to get bigger? Is he listening to coaching? If he does all those things, then Aaron Scott has massive upside. From what I'm told, all those boxes get checked, first of all. Second Mm -hmm. of all, you know, he reminds me a lot of is Benjamin Morrison as a player. I mean, Benjamin's a little thick, was thicker, a little bit thicker at the same age, but very similar players, right? Very similar players. And and you can see why Notre Dame likes him, right? Because I think he's a kid that can play both field and boundary. That's the thing is, too, is like he could come in early, and if he is one of your two best corners, let's say he comes in as a freshman, and he's ready to play like Peyton, like Benjamin Morrison was, and mm-hmm. let's just say he's going to start. You, Benjamin's got boundary locked up. This is a kid that can play field, and then when Benjamin goes to the NFL, can easily transition into the boundary as you know, whoever else got kind of steps in there. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying like just – hypothetically, just to point out his versatility, he can play both spots. Ryan, you're talking about your spot on. This is a kid that you say, this is a kid you say, hey, go, go cover that guy. Like, yes, that's what they're doing with Benjamin Morrison. They're just like, dude, go cover him. Right. And that, I mean, they've been doing that for weeks and it's, it says a lot about what they want to do, but also speaks to his talent. That's the kind of ability Aaron Scott brings to the table as well. Well, for the previous players we're talking about, Brian, it's like, you know, they can play all play man coverage to a certain degree, but also I want to mix in a lot of zone because of the instinctual side of the game. For Aaron Scott, I'm just like, Aaron, that's your guy, man. Go get him. Go take him. But you can play zone him because he's long. You can. You can. And that's the thing is that's the thing you like. It's like he can do more things. He's a good tackler. He's a skinny kid, but he'll hit you. He's not afraid of contact at all. Also another kid that plays offense. And actually, it was a really nice battle watching him and Christian Gray go against each other this year. Uh, and yep. it was a season opener. Did they play in the first or second game? I think it was a season I opener. I think it was the first but game. They had sure. a really good battle. I mean, watching those two kids go against each other. I believe there was a play where Christian Gray broke up a pass to uh, Aaron Scott in the end zone in yeah. that game. Because I, I think the Smet played them first game, and then they played IMG the second, I right? Believe so correct. I believe yeah. so, correct. That's correct, yeah.
Yeah. So we've seen those. We've seen him go up against a kid that Notre Dame already has and really likes, and so they're going to continue to push for him. Another name to know. We don't have a lot to say about him right now because we're still trying to get a hold of him and kind of learn more about him, but we do know he's on the Rams' radar. He was supposed to have visited this weekend. We have not been able to confirm that he was on campus just yet because he doesn't really uh, talk to us at this point in time. And that's Braden Lee, who is a six foot, 165 pound corner out of the state of Maryland. Another rangy, you know, long, not as tall as some of the other guys, but 5'11, six foot. Uh, very athletic kid, very talented kid, very long kid. So he's another kid that's on Notre Dame's radar. As we are able to learn more about him and see what his interest level is like and things like that, we'll talk more about him. But he's definitely a name that you need to know. Very talented, top 100 ta- caliber kid. Like A lot of these kids, like you know, Aaron Scott, Eli Bowen, Braden Lee, they're all top 100 caliber kids to me. They're all top 100 talents to me. So they're definitely going after dudes. Emilio Agard, I'd probably say he's more of a top 150-ish kind of guy for me right now but he's in that conversation as well. So very talented players, Ryan, on the board. Oh, without a doubt. Just one more name that I want to bring up, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Now that Carson Hobbs is in the class, do not be surprised to continue to hear Notre Dame and Caleb Beasley be mentioned together. Don't be surprised by that. Uh, I think that Notre Dame is not going to give up on him right now. They're still going to keep recruiting other kids, but they're not going to stop recruiting Caleb Beasley until they're full or he just says stop calling. And from everything I've been told so far, that conversation has not happened. Conversations have happened, but that conversation has not happened. So we'll see kind of how that one plays out. Obviously, right now he's committed to Tennessee, but uh, he has not completely told Notre Dame, sorry, I'm not – don't want to talk to you anymore is what we'll Mm -hmm. we'll say. So – uh, that is uh, that is the cornerback board for Notre Dame at this point in time, Ryan. Yep, yep. It's a really talented board, like you said. It's it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. I mean, a lot of time, obviously, until signing day of next year. Hopefully, I'm still in this position next year, Brian. Wink, wink. You know, next contract's up. You know what I mean? We'll but, see. Um, don't tick we'll me see. off in the next month and a half, and I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. But it's it's going to be really interesting, man, because like you said, the last two classes especially, going from – Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey to now Micah Bell and Christian Gray. If Notre Dame keeps stacking these types of classes, what what was a solid to you know solid position for Notre Dame at cornerback is now turning into an absolute strength. You want to talk about closing the gap? You want to talk about erasing the gap? That's what these last couple classes are really doing for Notre Dame. And if they're able to sign another one in 2024 then you're really seeing what Mike Mickens and this defense are cooking up, man, and you're going to see cornerback continue to be a position of strength for years to come.